Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome to the podcast. We have a great topic today, and it's live and true to Angie here lately. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we are talking about the importance of staying healthy while raising a family, but this is actually a challenge for people. So we're titling this one, Overcoming the Challenge to Stay Healthy Raising a Family. Because it's not easy. Well, it's not easy whether you have a family or not, but adding a family and all those uh, obligations mm-hmm. and extra people in your home and all that stuff definitely makes it more tricky sometimes, especially for the ladies who are experiencing pregnancy, birth, and postpartum and all those things. Right. And I would say that, I mean, there's different challenges to different seasons, obviously, when it comes to like working out. There comes a point in your pregnancy for everybody. Sometimes for some people, it's the first trimester. For me, it's definitely the first trimester when I'm vomiting and I have HG and I'm so sick and I'm puking a ton. Don't really feel like working out. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But then, of course, there's like the third trimester when you're hardly sleeping at night and you're tossing and turning at times and you're just like awkwardly big at, at at that last month, right? Yeah. And so same again, where it can be difficult to want to work out. Um, and then there's postpartum when you're breastfeeding. Yeah. And I know you yeah. recently did a post and you've been several posts. You've been very, very candid on your Insta mm-hmm. stories and so forth about the experience you've been going through. And I'm just really proud of you. I just, it's just amazing. Mm, you, you made a decision and you made multiple decisions at the same time that uh, have made a big difference on your health. Yeah. And we'll get into sharing some of those in this podcast. I think that sometimes it's hard when you're limited to like 150 words in an Instagram post or whatever the limit is. I don't even know um, to really get everything in, which is part of why like some of my posts have like overflowed into the comments and then into another post and then into the comments. But um, you guys are such good question askers that it keeps on bringing up more and more things that I keep posting about. And so we thought that it would be awesome to do a podcast that kind of answers some of those questions that I've gotten, but also like, obviously you can't share everything in a tiny post like that. And Isaac and I have a really cool story. Even he has a journey and a Mm. story too, um, of becoming more healthy. And this is something that we're still working at. And still like forming better habits, like constantly learning new things. Like here's an example, Um, sprouting grains and, you know, glassing eggs and and fermenting foods so that we have better gut health. Like that's all stuff I'm learning how to do now. Mm. And I wasn't raised eating that way. And so the reality is there's two kinds of people in the world. There are those that go, I don't know how to do that. Or I don't have a habit of doing that, so I can't do that. And then there's the type of people that are like, I may not know how to do it, but I'm going to learn. Amen. So let's kick it off with a key scripture. Um, And before you do, uh, Mm -hmm. while you're getting that ready... You know, thanks for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. Every time you share, it makes a difference with the algorithms and everything, the written comments on iTunes. All of it is a massive difference, and we're as motivated as ever. We have lots of new, exciting things coming out, and nothing that we're currently doing is mm-hmm. disappearing. Uh, some of it just changes slightly, but it'll be for the betterment of everybody's experience, uh, whether it's the parenting mentor program or, uh, you know, where you can gather with us to get the deepest, best content and interaction and really join the tribe. One of the things that I think has been missing because of the challenges of social media and being Christians on social media these days, we're all there, most of us, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's, it's challenging to really be mobilized as a group and really develop those deep connections with people. So we aim to solve that and that'll be out in a couple weeks. Yeah, we're very excited about the new, well, 
tools that yeah. we're launching, really. They're tools. Yeah. And so please stay tuned. Pay attention to your emails. I know that some people are courageous parenting emails will wind up in their spam box. So if you could just like double check your spam box. And, and train your sure. inbox so that yeah. it says this is not spam and then forevermore they'll come in. That's right. Because we get a lot of messages from people saying, hey, how do I get on your email list? I thought I was on it and I'm not getting them. Well, it's probably because it's, you know. It's hard to communicate as a Christian these days, so. That's right. All right. So the first verse that we're going to go to is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. And this is a really so powerful scripture. Paul's talking here, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, mm-hmm. as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So basically what he's saying is it is good. It, there is value mm-hmm. in um, bodily training, exercise fitness to be able to be effective while we're on this earth. Right. But what's even more important is the spiritual because that affects Being spiritually fit while you're yeah. here and eternity with God. And so that's even more important. Yeah. So I think that this brings up a question of we got to keep things in balance, don't we? Yeah. And that's something that like before we dive into like our story and the mission behind why we want to stay healthy and encourage you guys in those things, Isaac and I were talking about like the temptation that there is in humanity, but I think especially, well, it doesn't matter what gender you are. Actually, the temptation is there to make an idol out of health or to make an idol out of, um, your your quiet time working out even or to make an idol out of the time you have when you're away at the gym if you go to the gym to work out um and we just want to warn you mm-hmm. we want to warn you guys because we have seen the massive impact detrimental impact that that has had on many people's families listen when you're a parent this is courageous parenting. When you're a parent, you are a leader. Yeah. You are to lead your family. And that means that when it comes to all things, spiritual fitness, physical fitness, you want to lead by example to your children. You want to set a foundation that they can then, this is like a habit that they grew up mm-hmm. with doing, right? Working out. Um get working out their mind in the word of God is mm-hmm. another spiritual habit. There shouldn't be one that is like the physical fitness should not be a greater habit. That's easier for your kids to take from your home than being in the word. Amen. Like we need to have our priorities straight. And oftentimes when, when people start going away to the gym, for example, it becomes this like fun hobby too. And sometimes it can even be escapism right? To where people maybe start feeling overwhelmed by their home and all the things that they have to do there. Maybe they don't even enjoy necessarily some of the things that they're committed to and they're committed to doing them because they know this is just a mundane thing that I have to do. Everybody has those things and I'm committed to doing it, but I really don't enjoy it. And so they want to escape to the gym and then they want to stay there longer. And the problem is, is if you allow that to take root in your heart, Hmm. that's when it can become very dangerous for your marriage and for your family, and it can start becoming an idol in your life. However, she's not saying that going to the gym is a bad idea. It's a fantastic idea. She's saying the intentions behind it are what matter, and to check yourself so they don't become the wrong intentions. For sure. So we'll get into some of our journey and what we've done over the years because we've done a lot of different things. Yeah. There have been long seasons where I've used the gym and where I've gone swimming or different things like that for physical therapy and um, all useful. But definitely what Isaac just said, I want to reiterate, you have to evaluate where is my heart in this and am I yearning to go be there? Why is that? And deal with that. Like be honest about that before God Um, and recognize that, you know, when it comes to taking care of your body, it is something that we're all called to do. Mm -hmm. The Holy Temple. So as we're diving in, the first thing that we wanted to talk about and challenge you guys with is this idea that there are different definitions of healthy. Oh, that's a good point. So when we're talking about being healthy, like we don't want you guys to mistake what we're saying here. Like when we say healthy, we're not saying like that you have to be a bodybuilder that's able to be competing and doing these huge triathlons and different things like that. Although maybe that's something that you do and that would be fine if you did do that. 
But that's not like everybody has a different idea of healthy in their brains or their goals. It sounds like, you know, what you're trying to do it for and what level you're trying to get to and so forth. I know for me, it was to be, you know, I have little kids and I'm an older man now. So it's to be able to be around for the grandkids and for my own kids while they're still in my home. Cause uh, you know, I'm 46 and I've got a five month old. That's right. So when he's 20, you'll be 66. Yeah. This yeah. will be sweet. So I hope to be in really good shape when I'm 66. That's right. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, we talk about that kind of stuff a lot, Isaac yeah. and I, because we you know, we want to be wise. We want to make wise decisions. And we want our kids to um, have respect for us too. Like there's this element of like not being a hypocrite. We've talked about that so much over the years, like in podcasts and parenting programs. Do we want our kids to find a way to make exercise a priority when they're super busy in the future? Or are they going to fall to making the same reasons or excuses that maybe we are? And so we got to do a gut check on that. It's not to make anybody feel bad or anything like that. Self-discipline is a key ingredient to all this. But I think your point is on this is, pay attention to what your goals are and make them reachable and make sure the the reason behind those goals Mm -hmm. is a healthy reason. Yeah. So for us, we'll just share briefly like what ours are to maybe that inspires you to have the same. You can totally share our reasons. They're not ours. Mm -hmm. So um, Isaac mentioned one, which is that we want to be around when our kids are, when our youngest kids are still young. I mean, in their twenties, I still want to be playing spike ball on the beach on the river with my kids. Right. In my sixties with Xander. Yeah, totally. And fishing in our seventies. Yeah. Canoeing and And kayaking and and RVing, which I don't kayak, but I'd like to get, but we want to get into that. Even tennis. And I don't play tennis, but I'd love to. Yeah. You know, I still have things I want to do. Dreams and goals. You guys. Snowboarding. I'm still going to snowboard. Hopefully. He, you snowboard. He just sometimes now that we have Solomon snowboarding, sometimes when he takes Solomon up on the mountain, he has to go a little slower. It's really nice, actually, because <laughs> I have older kids now and they're really intense. <laughs> I heard some stories about how intense you get at times yeah. on the mountain. Yeah. Anyway, so you guys, you know, obviously, like if you don't take care of yourself and then you go get on a mountain and snowboard and it's been how many years, 20 years, you get up there, you're going to be kind of sore if you don't pace yourself. Right. Mm. And so that was one of the things that like Isaac and I started thinking about and really wanting to be more intentional with. Um, when our kids were younger, we definitely had PE physical education Mm. as part of our homeschooling. So you guys know that we've homeschooled our kids forever. If you don't homeschool, you can still do this in your family. Mm. And that's, what's so beautiful about it is think about your family culture and what do you want to be passed down to your kids? What kind of habits? What do you want to model for your kids to do with their kids when they're younger? And so remember when we lived in Damascus (laughs) and we had that side guest room and we had a bunch of different workout equipment. When we had kid size workout equipment. Oh, it was so cool. One, I don't know if the company one step ahead.com is around anymore, but they used to have these like four year old size treadmill four four year old size. Um, part of it was because it bike. rained almost every day of the year in yeah. Portland, Oregon. So yeah, it was like 10 months of rain. So we had like outdoor bikes and we had mm-hmm. so much fun playing outside and in the rain too. But sometimes you know, you don't want to deal with all the mud and not everybody wants to go outside. And when you have a lot of little kids, you can't, you have to be outside together or inside together. Can't split up. So I would rotate the kids on these different pieces of workout equipment and they would do 20 minutes on and then 20 minutes off. And we even put like a mat down and the kids would do somersaults. And then I'd rotate them to who was doing piano, who was doing guitar, who was doing violin. That was super fun. And we did this for like an hour where the four oldest would all do that. And then, of course, the baby toddler would just be like playing on the ground. And so just imagine what that was like. Well, and it's so important, too, for obedience reasons. You know, you can't expect kids to be obedient and respectful if God gave them lots of energy and they can't get that energy out during the day. Right. It's really Oh, they obeyed so much better. And it was honestly like we didn't do it first thing in the morning. We would wake up, do our chores, take care of the chicken, get the laundry going, all those things, eat breakfast, get ready for the day, do our devotions. And then 
we would start doing our first subject in school, which was usually the hardest. So I would have them do math and then we would do our PE for the day. And so that was like a really fun morning routine when we had four or five kids that were under 10 years old. And so we go more into depth in that kind of stuff and what our routines and schedules look like in the parenting mentor program, which you can find out about at courageousparenting.com. But that's just like one season of our life where we tried to incorporate some kind of physical education, not just for us, but for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll I'll say like there are seasons when I was really good about getting on the tread climber and being healthy. And then there were seasons where I was really not good at it, where um, like if I was on bed rest or just came off of bed rest, um, which was two of my pregnancies, right? Um, And then having to cook for the family and feeling like I was so far behind on other things that I would put my health back on the back burner. I don't know if you can relate as a mom, but that is really unhealthy. Yeah. Like we have to be, Isaac's brought up the word self-discipline multiple times so far. And I think that when it comes to self-discipline, we as parents have to understand that if we want our kids to have good Mm -hmm. habits, we have to model that by what we do. And it may be hard to incorporate the kids depending on their age, but you can, you can do little things. Like I remember when you started really getting serious about working out and the kids joined you. They did. It was amazing. And prior to that, Austin was a big motivation because he was already taking action, my oldest son, and, you know, getting fit and he was interested in using the random things that we had. It's not like we had this elaborate gym or anything, but we had a few things and he was using them. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's really motivating. And uh, but I needed help. Honestly, I needed somebody to kick my butt. And uh, so I had a friend who reached out and he Mm -hmm. decided to help me, Joseph Hunt. And it was amazing. Um, And he's he's a Christian and he's younger than me and he's a coach. And uh, he I just needed someone to go. Here's exactly what to do, because I've never had the working out habit in my whole life. And I still would say I don't fully have the habit, but I can get into a rhythm of having the habit. But I did a 90 day, you know, custom diet, custom workout plan and went from um, the heaviest in my life. I think I was actually a little heavier, but I waited a few days and you know, drink water and did some things before I started. Just so I, when I took, I had to take a picture. I had to take a picture with my shirt off in the mirror and send it to my coach. And it was so a before and after. I just looked at them recently. So embarrassing. I actually gave them to them and gave them permission to use them the before and after. But uh, it was wild how bad I and heavy and unhealthy I was. And but part uh, of that yeah. getting unhealthy, I think that that would be an important thing for other people to hear because they may be in the midst of the journey of becoming unhealthy and not realize that they are because maybe they're only a year or just two into it. incrementally happens over time. I was up to, you know, 230 or something, 230 pounds. And, you know, I'm just shy. I'm basically just shy of six feet. So, um, you know, so that's on the heavy side, on the heavy I mean, side of things, like yeah. huge, but on the heavy side. And I, and then I lost, uh, I went down to 195 and gained lots of muscle at the same time. Like, you know, muscle weighs more than fat. So I lost like 34 pounds and then I gained muscle at the same time in 90, 90 days. And it was wild. It, but the, there's a beauty in discipline once you embrace it. Once you have a program mm-hmm. and a plan and you follow through, you're like developing a new identity with yourself of I'm a person that follows through every time you do that. And I was so particular about following precisely what he told me. And I gained great joy in the precision. It was really weird, actually. Maybe that's where Kelsey gets it. Was, it. <laughs> it was really wild. And to the point where uh, it was too much to ask Angie to continue making my custom three meals a day, plus all the family's meals. And so I stopped what I'm doing, and I find myself cooking. I've never enjoyed cooking. I don't know how to cook. And um, here I am cooking fish and making this horrible salad I absolutely hate. Hated it every single day. It was a quinoa salad with garbanzo beans. Three meals like every day for ninety days. Had many ingredients. And uh, it was this horrible, horrible salad. Then I just would stuff it down. I just go, it's fuel. It doesn't matter. It's fuel. It doesn't matter. The taste doesn't matter. It's just fuel. And I would convince (laughs) myself and repeat it over and over again as I ate this horrible salad. But I was cooking, and it was beautiful. I was like, I'm not working right now. I'm paying attention to my holy temple. 
God will take care of the work. I'm taking a break. I'm cooking. Everybody has different work circumstances. I know not everybody works at home. And we worked, we worked early in the morning and yeah. late at night as well. And I think that one of the things that, um, you know, so when Isaac first started his journey, I was actually pregnant with Eli because that was right before our RV trip. And I was pregnant with Eli during the RV trip, which yeah. is why I had to stop cooking because I got super sick with him yeah. in the first trimester. But the first like month, and a half ish, I was cooking the three meals a day and I still continued getting him yeah. what he needed, like for supplies, but I literally could not cook the fish because it would send me running. So you were super helpful, very helpful. And it was amazing. Like I literally stopped drinking coffee. I went from, you know, six cups a day kind of situation to no coffee for 90 days. And the coffee, it wasn't that coffee was bad is I always put creamer in my coffee. And then he said I could have coffee, but no creamer. And then I didn't like it. So then I just bailed on the coffee. Yeah. So anyways, just interesting things that you can let go of and not let anything own you. And how beautiful my energy just surged. It was so wild. And the, the good news is I've kept within 10 pounds of that. And, and it's been four years. It's been four years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, I'm not like this big exercise person, but, no, but I go you, do things. I go do things with my kids. I You go down to the beach and play spike ball. You go snowboarding. I do stuff. I think that you do really active things for being 46 years old. Oh, thanks. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Anyways, I want to hear your story, yeah. though, Angie, because yours is recent, and it's really remarkable because you've had 11 pregnancies, nine kids. Um, True. You know. When you put it that way. And, <laughs> and you're not a young chicken. <laughs> So. That's true. You know, the reality is that it's at first it was easy. So before when I met Isaac, I actually was teaching aqua aerobics and I continued doing that until I got pregnant with Austin. Our, he was our second baby. And so I always loved being in the water. I was a swimmer for a long time. I was an athlete through high school. I, I loved working out. Yeah. But when Isaac and I got married, that was not something that he got, grew up doing. So no. that wasn't something that he and I did together per se. She had this dream so, of us going to the gym together. Like we tried we it a couple married, times. And I'm like, this is unbelievable, inefficient use of time. I mean, it takes, you have to drive there. You have to drive back, work out. <laughs> you have to drive back. You have to change your clothes a couple times, shower <laughs> in the daytime. <laughs> I have stuff guys. I got to do. <laughs> okay. So back then though, Isaac had a, a kind of an unhealthy view of work though, too, because there True. was an element of workaholic that was, that was there. Well, as I was at the beginning, I had to build, you know, build it. That's right. <laughs> but you even shared this in the parenting program that, you know, cause we had Kelsey just to lose it all right later. away. Yeah. We, we, God humbled us and taught yeah. us some things. <laughs> and you used to think, well, if I work super hard when the kids are little, they're not going to really miss me that much. Cause they don't remember. I had they're some just bad a baby. Yeah. And so, but I think it's good to verbalize those because a lot of men have those same beliefs. Oh yeah. Listening. I thought I'd be retired at 35 and that if I work hard now, then I, I won't can provide work hard everything later. later and all this stuff. And yeah. while that does happen for some people, usually it doesn't. And the reason is they might get the money, but usually what happens is whatever habits you cultivate, men tend to continue. Right. So even when they get the money and they could retire, if that was the case, if that happened, which it's never enough, it's never enough. And yeah. they just continue to work hard. And so I, you know, obviously tapered off of that, you know, that didn't happen too long. Um, and I learned a lot and then God took everything away from us anyways, for other reasons, but and that's a different story. Yeah. But you know, in reality though, looking back on those years, you know, there was this, th this lesson that we had to learn that maybe you've learned, or maybe you're walking through. And hopefully if you're listening to us, you can learn from our mistakes. Yeah. And so one of the things that we realized is that, you know, you can't put your health on the back burner. Yeah. You definitely can't. Um, otherwise things will start to creep up on you, whether it's weight, autoimmune diseases, yeah. different things like that. And that's also important for women in regards to taking care of yourself in between pregnancies. Um, one of the things I, I tried hard to take care of myself. I was very disciplined. I was going to the gym during mm -hmm. certain seasons, other seasons I would work out at home. Um, but I would say it was probably at my most consistent. I was like three to four days a week was probably the most that I got away to work out when we had between two and six kids. Okay. Um, and then when we moved that kind of tapered off 
into nothingness yeah. for about five, six years in, in my mid my mid to late thirties, early forties, mm -hmm. which was not the best timing actually. Mm -hmm. Um, that's when I should have been more faithful at working out. Um, but you know, life was starting to get busy. Isaac was running a, building a different business at the time. And we had high schoolers for the first time. I could give you a million excuses, but here's the thing. None of them matter. Yeah. Because any, anybody can say, oh, I can't work out because I homeschool and, or I have this many kids or I work outside of the home too or what, I'm you know what? Yeah. The reality is like I could give you a million excuses as to why I should, I can't work out now. But I had to realize that my health, if I don't take care of myself, then I might not be able to do any of those other things in five or 10 years because I might not be here or I might be ill, right? With my autoimmune diseases started flaring up, different yeah. things like that. And so um, we had some, I had some warning signs in between my fifth and sixth pregnancy when I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and fibromyalgia and osteoarthritis. That was about 12, 13 years ago now. Um, and that was a wake up call for me. And I got serious again about, health and started mm -hmm. eating, you know, juicing. We started doing smoothies. Um, th this was back when BPA was a, th a thing that everybody was getting out of their kitchen and buying glass again. I mean, I, like we were doing all kinds of things, right? Mm -hmm. Oils started being more introduced into our family. Um, homopathy. I learned how to use natural remedies more, which is part of the health process. It's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say that the biggest aspect for me looking back on in between the babies is recognizing now I look back and I go, you know what would have helped me the most is if I actually got more sleep. Like if I went to bed just mm -hmm. even a half an hour to 45 minutes earlier because Sleep's a big deal. sleep has been, I would say when I look at everything that I did, yes, getting your body active, mm -hmm. even going on a walk. It doesn't have to be going to a gym, going on a walk. For me, I've been doing the tread climber mm -hmm. three to four days a week since August, yep. right? Since Austin got engaged August 7th. And when we got home from that trip, it was like, mom was serious and I was getting on the tread climber and I was working hard. And then I would do some weights, do some stretches, do some Pilates. I'm only sharing this because I've had a lot of people ask me what I did. Um, and yes, I was breastfeeding. This was when Xander was like eight weeks postpartum, nine mm -hmm. weeks after having him. And, um, you know, I've had those seasons where I've worked out after having a baby, you know, after I get to the six week mark and then something happens to my milk and the lactic acid, it makes them more spit uppy. And so mm. that kind of in my, it was in the back of my head as like, Oh, I can't work out because this happens to my babies. And so I, I need to nurse them and they'll spit it up. So I'm not going to do it. And again, another excuse. Yeah. And so I had to go, you know what my, I'm literally having a hard time holding him. Like I'm getting older, carrying him, even wrapping him onto me, putting him in an infant carrier and going to the grocery store. My lower back was killing me. Yeah. So it was those realizations of I have not been taking care of myself for far too long. It's been six, seven years. And if I want to be around and active when he's a little older but still young, I really have to be serious about that today. And the whole family was super supportive and helpful of Angie. And it's a quote that someone once said, I don't know who, uh, is are you arguing for your excuses or are you arguing for reasons why you can and oh, so, so it's really important to ask yourself, what am I subconsciously arguing for? Right. Okay. Are you arguing for reasons why you can or for reasons why you can't? You have to argue with yourself in one direction or another. And the natural direction we do is we argue for reasons why we can't. Right. And you know what? Another aspect of this is blame shifting. Like it, when you start giving excuses, another human tendency is to blame shift and yeah. to say, I can't do this because of you, or I can't do this because of them. Someone's fault. Right. And so I would just warn you, like, don't allow the devil to have a foothold in your marriage. Don't blame your husband for you not working out. Don't blame your kids for you not working out. That, that would be giving the devil a foothold. Um, and I know that for myself, it, it wasn't that I would like necessarily blame them, but I would, I would I would look at it and go, no, I've got a homeschool. Like I have to do this with them. Mommy if I guilt. don't do this. Yeah. And I struggled with so much mommy guilt. Maybe you guys can relate. 
Um, but I just had to say, I had to tell that guilt, like Satan, you have no power here. Go away. Like, and remind myself of what the real goal is. And the real goal is not to be like this, a a supermodel or to get to a specific size pants or a specific size shirt. Mm. The goal was, I want to be able to do fun things with my kids and not be in pain. The goal was I want to be able to fulfill the purposes that God has me here for and not be sick and not be, um, you know, uh, disabled or, or less energetic and unable to travel to speak at a conference in 10 or 15 years or, Mm -hmm. or travel with my kids or, or here's one, be the kind of grandma that I want to be. Right. And let's face it. The viruses coming out are going to be more weird. I have a feeling uh, as the right. time goes on. And we've all learned that to stay out of the hospital is important uh, if you can. And to stay out of the hospital, you have to have a strong immune system. You have to be healthy. Right, because these these different viruses that are coming out are definitely most dangerous for people who are immune compromised, right? Mm-hmm. People who are older. And so as we grow older, we have to be proactive about our health. But how much better off are you if you're listening mm-hmm. and you're 20 years younger than us or you're 10 years younger and maybe you haven't been um, proactive about getting outside and taking a walk for a half an hour. You guys, you're getting so much good vitamin D in addition to working your heart and building a habit and taking your kids on that walk with you or letting them ride bikes while you're kind of jogging or, you know, there's so many ideas that I could give you. The important thing though, is that you recognize your why so that when you get into those pitfall moments Mm -hmm. where you're fighting for your excuses or you're blame shifting, you remind yourself of your why. My why was I want to obey God and take care of my holy temple, which is the next verse that we have for you guys, which is in, um, let's see, Colossians 3.23, which says, oh, well, actually, this this is a different verse, but it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will, will receive an inheritance mm-hmm. as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so one of the reasons why I wanted yeah. to share that scripture is because there are so many times when I'm like distracted, even in the moment of working out, and I'm thinking about the other things that I need to be doing that I potentially think are more important, like homeschooling mm. or cleaning or whatever. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. When you're working out, if you are a 100% there where you are and you're thinking about how you're taking care of your body because you want to do it to steward the holy temple that god has given you that you want to be taking care Mm -hmm. of this fleshly embodiment that he gave you to take care of so that you can do his works when you are thinking that way while you're working out i really believe that god blesses your efforts while you're working out Mm. and i I will also say that there is an element there too. It's very worshipful. Yeah. Right? It's I think of Romans 12 too, which we've quoted so many times, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you're working out, you can also be listening to podcasts and your mind can be being renewed. So your healthy. eyes can be on the Lord. And it, he also talks about in that same passage yeah. of scripture, not allowing your um your body to to be um, defiled, right? But to be a living sacrifice unto yeah. the Lord. That's in Romans 12 also. And so when we're taking care of our bodies, you guys, we are stewarding our bodies as a holy temple, but we're also um, giving our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord to, so that we can obey him to do the things that he has called us to do. But Isaac has the scripture in 1 Corinthians that talks about... Um, you know, treating your body as a holy temple. It's chapter six, verse 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, this particular passage of scripture, before that is talking about not defiling your body, and Mm -hmm. it's talking about, it's warning us against um, sexual sin, actually. Mm -hmm. But I think that it fully applies to taking care of your body and, and recognizing that God does view our bodies as a holy temple. We should yeah. view them that way. 
I have a couple thoughts at self-discipline because um, really discipline is important and you got to teach it to your kids and they've got to see it modeled. And this is one area. There's many areas you can see it modeled. Um, but sometimes we have to just decide. The definition of the word decide means to um, to take away from. It means it means to cut away from the previous. So it's a whole new thing. Unfortunately, in this world, uh, decide doesn't seem to mean that in our culture. I mean, I decide to do this, then I decide to do that. I decide to do what I feel in this moment, then the next. And all these attractions coming at me, I forgot what I decided to do five minutes ago. And so it's really important to make real concrete decisions that you move forward with. And whatever works for you to make a real decision, you've got to do that. You probably know about yourself in this. You know what doesn't work and what does work. Think back to the times where you made a real decision and you followed through on something really hard but worthy and made a difference in your life. Think back to the things you did then so you can repeat those now because we're all very different. Mm -hmm. And how I'm disciplined and motivated is going to be different than how you are. You need to know yourself in that way. You need to think back. You need to pray mm -hmm. to God and have him tell you how what you are best disciplined. But you decide is to cut away. For me, like when we did the vineyard, I had no idea how to do a vineyard. I told a thousand people on stage we were creating a vineyard. For me, the accountability of lots of people knowing something <laughs> makes me do things. That's one of the things that does it. Yeah. I did that on purpose because it was an important thing I felt we were supposed to do. And it ended up being very important. For, that's one other right. topic. But discipline, what is the, what? And Angie talked about your whys. You got to know those crystal clear, the whys behind it. And then you got to have a plan of action. And sometimes we're too ambitious in the beginning. We make our steps too big in the beginning. Make some small, consistent steps forward and develop a track record yeah. of yourself and start to see the results of what you're doing. So on the plan, Isaac is totally leading us into what you're probably wondering the most. This is one of the biggest questions that I was getting after my very first post that I shared on Instagram. I'm just going to share with you guys the few things that I made, the few changes I made and implemented yeah. that helped me. But before I share those with you, I'm just going to tell you the numbers. I'm going to share with you the, the real deal, raw truth of how heavy I got. So um, in the last, Isaac mentioned that I've had 11 pregnancies in the last Six years, because Solomon is almost six, I've had five pregnancies. Those were all from the age 37 to 42. So in those five or six years, I have had five pregnancies. Mm -hmm. Two of them were losses. Um, and the two losses, definitely there was an element of grieving, which I think that that grief, I am certain that I gained weight during the stress of of losing a baby, um, for sure. That was really hard for me. And then getting pregnant after that very, within like six months, especially after Sela, when mm -hmm. we lost Sela, I was in my second trimester. I, um, I hemorrhaged 67% of my blood and almost died, had to have emergency surgery and blood transfusions to stay alive. Mm -hmm. God saved me in that. Mm -hmm. um, that whole testimony is in another podcast and YouTube video and stuff. You guys can go find it. But my point is, is I've been through some really hard things physically on, on my body in the last five years that I think really helped put on the weight, if you mm -hmm. will. Yeah. Um, stress is a big deal for sure. Um, but I think that, you know, pregnancy, postpartum, losing babies it, in, in middle age is different than when you're having babies in your twenties and thirties. Yeah. I know because I've done it in my twenties, my thirties and my forties. And so, um, I for sure gained a lot of weight. The highest that I got was around 197 that I'm aware of. I might've gotten over 200 because I'll be honest with you. Once I got on this scale and I was 197 while I was pregnant with Xander, I made a decision not to get on the scale again. Um, I'm not really a big scale person. I'm not one of those people that really looks at numbers. I more think about how I'm feeling and I'm honest with myself. And if I can't do certain things or I'm in pain, that's my motivator for getting mm -hmm. healthy, um, which I think is actually really healthy. However, um, I needed to for my, for just my care, my midwife needed me to get on scale. And so when I saw that I was very embarrassed, I, um, for the first time in my life, I struggled with body image mm. stuff and we went on a trip to Arizona, um, it, as a family, it was our vacation before the baby was born. Mm. And of course it was in the hundreds 
while we were there. So swimsuit time. It got to 100, but it was, there was some 80s, 90s days too. Yeah. But it was, it was hot. Yeah. And for me being, you know, eight, I was actually almost nine months pregnant because Mm -hmm. we went just before my due date. We went the beginning of May and I was due May 21st. And, um, swimsuits were an everyday occurrence for this woman who had a body image issue. And I, but, but obviously that body image, like I would preach to myself, most women, I think when they're in that predicament would hesitate getting in a swimsuit and getting in the pool. But I told myself many years ago that I would never be that mom that would be the sidelines. Or you would have canceled the trip and you could have easily just said, I'm too far along pregnant. Right. I don't think it's a good idea we go with right. maybe something behind the scenes of going, I just don't want to wear a bathing suit. Right. I, you I, wouldn't there, do that, but I know no, that that's something that happens to that people. That could have been me though. Yeah. That could have. I mean, I and, and no one would have thought anything of it because we literally we would have went agreed. two weeks we before almost, my we due date. We almost didn't go on the trip. Yeah. I mean, and that was part of it was a surprise too because we thought I was due in June and then we found out I was due five weeks earlier, which is another story also in a different But we podcast. went and you didn't have the baby wire on the road, which nope. is great. And I swam every single day and it felt so good. And, um, I think that, you know, for me, I've been on RV three month RV trips, pregnant with my eighth with Eli Mm -hmm. and hiking all over in the great smoky mountains and New York. (laughs) And I mean, we went all over, we were visited 34 States and it was good for me during that part of my pregnancy. I actually came back from that three month RV trip and only had gained two pounds. Wow. And it was during my third trimester and he was a nine pound, five ounce baby. And then everywhere else on you got smaller. That's right. (laughs) And so I think that my point is, is sometimes working out doesn't always have to look the same. Sometimes it's doing hard things. Like for us going on an RV trip when I was seven, six, seven and eight months pregnant with Eli, well, I was doing hard things. And, and it was good for me though. It got my body moving. So this time around being postpartum, my son gets engaged and I'm like, Oh man, I'm going to have a nursing baby at the wedding. Now I get that that's probably like 3% of the population, right? Like if you try to Google nursing friendly mother of the groom dresses, you're not going to find a niche for that. All right. What are are the tips on it? That's right. So what I did was I started working out three to five times a week. That was something you were super helpful with because obviously I needed somebody to help me with Xander and the kids, like we had a family meeting. Isaac actually led the family meeting after I shared with him that I was really feeling low, that I needed to Mm -hmm. have a regiment of working out. I really needed to boot camp myself into gear. Um, so that I would have the energy for all the things that I knew were coming up with the wedding, right? Because mm-hmm. um, honestly, I was getting tired. It was hard for me to go down to the beach with you when, when you wanted to yeah, play spike ball. I know that was ball. a bummer for you. And so um, we had a family meeting. The whole family was behind me and so supportive and was on gear to help with the baby and help with the other toddlers so that I could work out three to five days a week. Um, in addition, I started really cutting down my portion size. So aside from doing you know, up to 30 minutes of cardio and doing some weights and stretching, I started Mm -hmm. paying attention to the portion size of every meal. Now, when you're breastfeeding, I get this question a lot. (laughs) How many calories did you take in Angie? So I tried to take in between 2000 and 2200 calories every day, because that's what's recommended for breastfeeding moms. Um, but I would calculate how many calories I was taking and I would count in that when you're breastfeeding, fully breastfeeding, because he wasn't on baby food yet, you're burning about 500 calories a day just breastfeeding. Mm. And so it's a give and take, obviously, based upon your kid and how much they're nursing. But that was in my mind. And then working out, I would I would spend about 200 calories. I didn't really know for sure regarding mm-hmm. the weights and the different exercises, but I could calculate as far as the cardio goes. And so on average, I was, I was spending, burning between 700 and 800 calories a day, maybe more if I was going out and grocery shopping Mm -hmm. and different things like that. One way to keep track is using like an Apple watch or something like that. That helps you keep track of your steps as well. And I have to tell you, like it was super encouraging, like the days where I could (laughs) calculate, wow, I've burned like 1300 calories or 1400 calories. That's exciting. And so I did start losing weight pretty quickly. Um, So the caloric deficit is definitely a way to go. Um, 
but I found that getting sleep was also a huge thing because when I mm-hmm. don't get sleep, it puts stress on my body and then I hang on to weight. And so I kind of made this like rule for myself and I asked a few people on my Young Living team actually to hold me accountable. Feel free to hold me accountable because I want to be nice. in bed by this time. And I told them and they would text me every now and again and say, hey, how's that going? And so having accountability partners is another yeah. huge benefit. Obviously, I had family, but having people outside family is good too. But also telling people, you mentioned that you shared with a thousand people. I did that by sharing my on Insta stories, like, yeah. hey, I'm doing this. And yeah. some of you joined me in, in this so effort. Cool. And that motivated me. Like the yeah. fact that I was somehow being able to inspire you to do something like that held me accountable. Cause I was like, if I work out, then they're going to work out and then we're both going to be doing better. Yeah. And so that was a huge blessing to me to be doing it with community and with people. Um, and so there was food like portion size, sleep, becoming active, drinking lots of water mm-hmm. and electrolytes. Isaac wanted me to put this down on the ground because it's not part of the brand. No. But if you're watching the video, I don't know if it's still going or not, but I have this huge bottle that I'm con- I drink this at least 4 times a day to You've make so sure good. that I am drinking enough water and I make sure I get electrolytes so I don't get overhydrated because that was a problem that I was experiencing as well. Super important to have sodium-based electrolyte drinks. Um so that and then prayer. I invited God into this journey with me. And I really do think that he blessed me because I was doing it for the right reasons, not Mm -hmm. to like get skinny for the wedding because that would have been like impossible. Mm -hmm. But I did it because I, I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to make it to the, all the events and I wanted to not be too tired. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to feel good. I didn't want to be sore and achy and in pain yeah. At the wedding. Well, what's really cool too is you've continued. Nothing's changed since the wedding. If you make a goal, this is a warning. If you make a goal for a short-term event, after the event's over, you're going to go back to your old habits. Right. So this needs to be a permanent long-term. Don't don't make a deadline on the end of your effort. Right. Okay? Like, oh, I'm going on this vacation. And then but then after the vacation, you just go back to your old. No, right, you don't right, want right. that. You can you can have that in your sights, but yep. it really needs to be a life change. And, and I've seen that in you. And I was joking with you the other day that your skinny jeans are baggy and, um, (laughs) and she laughs at me, but I think it's really cool because you got to give them the numbers. So 197 is probably over 200 actually. I bet it was 197 and then you're down to right now I'm at 162. It's amazing. And it's been since the third week of August actually is when I started. Yeah. So, um, and right now it's the first week of November. So that's so amazing and so encouraging to so many people. And I thank all of you who have encouraged Angie, because I know you've made a difference. Um, even if you've never met her before, but you've connected on social media and stuff, it makes a difference. We pay attention to everything. You know, one of the things that was a huge motivation to me too, is Proverbs 31, 17. It says she dresses herself with strength. What does that mean to dress yourself with strength? And then it gets really clear and makes her arms strong. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. And this is, again, Proverbs 31. If you go and you read the entire chapter, it's talking about all the different things that she's doing. An excellent wife who can find she's far more precious than jewels. It's this passage of scripture where she's going out and she's seeking wool and flax and she's buying a vineyard and she's doing all these things, right? And then it says she makes herself dresses she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong why does she do that she does it so she can do her work that god has given her to do yeah. and that was my whole motivation is like i want to be able to take care of my kids i want to go be able to pick up my azure order by myself with my toddlers and not yeah. be like oh man i can't lift this 50 pound bag we're so of chicken thankful feed. for by the way it's such good food thank you yeah Um, but you guys, when I did that, like when I went and I picked up our Azure order and I had like a 50 pound bag of chicken feed and a 50 pound bag of diatomaceous earth, I was like, I did this. And it felt good because I used to do that in my twenties and my thirties. But then I like had to start taking a teenager to help me every time because it was too heavy for me. And like, now I can do that again. And I like, it's not about like, Oh, look at me, hear me roar. It's no, like these are jurisdictions that God has given me. Mm -hmm. And it's 
it feels good to be able to do what the jobs that God's given you to do. Amen. And so, um, like I am super motivated to try to stay, to try to stay going at the habits that I've been developing. I think that, you know, adding in a protein shake when I get tired versus snacking, like Mm -hmm. I, one of the other things that I just have to add to the list of things that I did, I stopped eating after dinner. Mm -hmm. Like, and I didn't realize that just even like eating one almond or eating one (laughs) thing at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night was going to put on the weight, but it really actually does. Because when I cut doing that, I, that's when I saw the inches start falling off was like the little snicky snacky over here and there and like going, why am I even buying those silly goldfish crackers? They're so bad for me and the kids. And it messes with your metabolism. You're trying to train your body to burn fat and to use the nutrients it's taking in the right timings of the day and things. And you're kind of confusing it. Best way I can say it, you can look it up. You're confusing your body when yeah. you have that little snack later. Right. So starting your day off and getting your metabolism going earlier in the morning is super important, but then ending it <laughs> at an earlier hour and then going to bed early. I just think that those are the hugest game changers. But, you know, doing all in the name of the Lord. Amen. Well, we hope this was helpful for you. I'm so glad you wanted to do this, Angie. I think yeah. it's really important, more important than ever. And how can you, um, you know, equip confident Christian kids for an uncertain world if we don't have the energy to be active and involved? And yeah. we need to be, and we need to help with those grandkids down the road. So I think yeah. it's a really relevant message. And I appreciate you being so transparent as usual uh, <laughs> with everybody and sharing because I know it helps a lot of people. So yeah. anyways, CourageousParenting.com, get all the show notes and everything. And we hope uh, you loved the episode and it was helpful. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.